So many folks are worried about factors like inflation and market volatility putting their retirement nest egg in jeopardy. Today, we are going to ease your concerns and have a little bit of fun playing Financial Jeopardy, bringing you facts and tips along the way. You don't want to miss this one. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Jones. Welcome to Your Retirement. Hi, everybody. I'm Chuck Caton, and uh, we have in studio uh, Luke Van Abel and Andy Schooler. And remember, uh, it's all about your retirement. Uh, whether you're in Green Bay, Appleton, anywhere in the Fox Valley, remember to give them a call at 866-203-7486. Now, our reigning champion of who wants to be a retirement millionaire is Luke Van Abel. Family Feuds champion is Andy Schooler. So, this is Financial Jeopardy. Please welcome today's contestants. All right, and those contestants are Luke Van Abel and Andy Schooler, and I'm Chuck Caton. Financial Literacy Month kicks off this week. So uh, what better way to put it all together and what uh, we discussed uh, before the break to test them. Uh, Let's play Financial Jeopardy now. Uh, Luke, Andy, are you uh, both ready to play? We are. We are. All righty. Now your categories are important retirement ages, penalties and fees, uh, savings vehicles and retirement rules of thumb. Now, each category contains five questions, and each question you answer correctly, uh, you will earn that dollar of value associated with that question. I expect you to get 100% out of all of this, and each category ranges, of course, from $200 to $1,000, and the questions will gradually become more difficult along the way. So, Luke, let's get uh, it off with you. Uh, with important retirement ages for $200. That's what you want to play, right? It is. All right. So at what age can you begin taking catch-up contributions on your 401k? What is 50 years old? Absolutely. That would be for the 401k and for the IRA. All right. So why why is it 50, I wonder? I don't know. It's a good Because the government comes up Medicare. with arbitrary ages hey, at their whim. At least uh, they didn't make it like 50 and a half or 49 well, and true. a half. Could have seen them uh, it's a round that. number and a decade. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you these ancillary questions from time to time. And don't be afraid if you can't answer them, then uh, maybe you get somebody in our studio audience, a.k.a. our listeners, uh, will be able to do so as they play along. All right, uh, Andy, for $400. Uh, the age at which you can begin taking your Social Security benefits. That would be the age of 62. Oh, you have to ask it as a question, though. Oh, sweet Jesus. Find <laughs> right. You're eliminated from the okay, so you're <laughs> down $400. No, <laughs> just kidding. All right, uh, now back to Luke for $600. At what age do folks typically uh, begin Medicare? What is age 65? That would be the typical age for Medicare. Okay, now tell me this again. Uh, do you know the history of this at all? I mean, why was why did they pick 65? And was it different in the past? Uh, some might uh, wonder. Well, I mean, 65's always been the age for Medicare. Um, your full retirement age used to match up with 65 um, as well, but now we've seen that pushed back over time. Um, I don't know why 65 was the magic number, other than back when this started, people weren't living much longer than 65. I was just going to say life so expectancy. Maybe they <laughs> said, hey, what's the greatest chance of us not having to pay this out? We'll pick a number about that. a year or two before that. <laughs> okay, that I, I got another question. I think some of our audience would want uh, the answer to this too. We go back to that uh, social security benefits uh, question and either Luke or Andy can uh, answer this. 
I know the uh, beginning is 62. Was it ever any earlier than 62 that you could uh, start taking your Social Security benefits? Do you know? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I mean, it, and it wasn't real common to be able to take it at 62 before. It was always like 65 and beyond. Okay. All righty. So let's go to Andy now for $800. And again, our category is important retirement ages here on our Financial Jeopardy show. Because again, this is uh, Financial Literacy Month kicking off today, the month of October. So for $800, Andy, this age is the latest that you can claim Social Security. What is age 70? All right. So, again, any uh, answers as to why 70 is that arbitrary number? And do you think, do you possibly think with people getting older and older that that may change? I think they have the possibility of making some changes in Social Security. Although I don't know that we have any politicians that really have the backbone, stomach, and the fortitude to actually get stuff done. Um, But from a standpoint of they could do means testing, they could do push the ages back further. Um, Will they do max for 70? My guess is they probably won't change that particular number because they don't, I can't imagine that they would want you to be able to wait any longer and accumulate any more. So that's totally a guess, but... Um, knowing our financial institutions and the government the way we have seen them work, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. All right, our final category for $1,000, Luke, in the uh, category of important retirement ages here on Financial Jeopardy is this is the age that you must start taking your required minimum distributions. What is age 73 as of 2023? That was a good job clarifying. Yeah, that was a that was an update this year from Secure Act 2.0 that increased it to 73 from 72 from Secure Act 1.0 that went in place uh, January 1st of 2020. Prior to that, 70 and a half was the magic number. They're kind of kicking this can a little bit down the road. Seems like kind of a nicety, maybe because people are living longer. Um, But they also, when they put those Secure Acts in place, they also slide other bills in there that have other impacts on your retirement and the decisions around it. Yeah, before we go to the next category, look, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Andy. In this case, do you think the, that age of 73 will ever increase in time? It will. They've actually built it out um, that it will increase um, over the next few years. They're going to bump it up, and they may continue to do that over time. I could, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Okay, they also, well, get, they yeah. also get more money. <laughs> Absolutely true. All right, again, now the uh, first of uh, all of our uh, categories uh, has been finished. And now the second is retirement savings vehicles. Okay, that's going to be our next topic. And we're going to start with Andy for $200. A traditional pension is essentially replaced or was simply and essentially replaced by this retirement savings vehicle in recent years. What is your 401k? All righty. So, uh, you know, a little bit of the history of the 401k when it began? Back in the early 80s, um, they so uh, 401ks were put into place. Um, most of the big uh, firms, I think by 1983 or so, started having a 401k plan. Um, and by and large, pensions went away and they shifted the burden of responsibility onto you, the worker, to make those contributions 
you know, of course, they're going to give you a little bit of a match, but you're funding the money into there. You're responsible. You take on the underlying investment risk, and you've got to make the choices around what you invest in. All right. So, uh, Luke, you get for $400 the category retirement savings vehicles for $400. Uh, When it comes to medical expenses, this savings vehicle has a triple tax benefit associated with it. What is an HSA, a fantastic tool One of the most underutilized tools out there, you do have to have a high yield deductible insurance plan to qualify for a plan like this, but this is your money. It's not the flex spending. It's not the, you know, you've got to You don't lose it every year. Yeah, you don't lose it and you don't have to play the game of how sick am I going to get this year to determine how much money am I going to put in there. So fantastic tool for triple tax advantage. Okay, I'm going to give you only the half the $400 because you gave me the letters, but you didn't explain what HSA was. Oh, true. Uh, health, health savings account. Is I what mean, that I know. <laughs> yeah, health savings account. Just in case there are many in our audience that may not know what that HSA stands for. And again, it's health savings account. All right, Andy, for $600 under the category of retirement savings vehicles, this tool helps you create guaranteed lifetime income. What is an annuity? I'll preface that and say you need to look into what type of annuity you're investing in, make sure it's within your comfort zone parameters, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And uh, just give us a a few of the examples of uh, different types of annuities. Yeah. So for most people are familiar with annuities, but they're not used to the annuity word and the fact of a pension. So pensions were basically single premium immediate annuities that your employer would purchase for you based on the credits that you guys had. And then that would pay out a stream of income to you and or you and your loved one, depending on how you took it. So that would be a single premium immediate annuity example. There are things like fixed annuities, which are giant savings accounts or CDs, if you will. They pay a guaranteed interest rate for a specific period of time, three years, five years, seven years. There's fixed indexed annuities, which allow you to participate in some of the gains and the upside of the market without any of the downside risk. And there's variable annuities, which you take all of the risk because you are in what's called sub-accounts, which are um, mutual funds. So you can take the ups as well as the downs from that account. Now there's some built-in parameters and some guarantees that they'll put in there, high watermarks, et cetera, et cetera. But you do take all of the risk as far as market risk and you have generally potentially high fees in those things. I've seen some of the highest fees regarding annuities and variable annuities. All righty, $800 for you now, uh, retirement savings vehicles, Luke. Uh, This retirement savings vehicle can be started by an employee, even if another plan is in existence. What is an IRA or individual retirement account? Ah, See, I learned that time, Chuck. I'm learning fast. I love it. Okay. So you can contribute to the 401k and additionally to the IRA if you've got the extra income and cash flow to do so. And very quickly, I know when those started in the mid-70s because I started one then and so did my father who actually uh, told me to do that as well. About 1976, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Finally, for $1,000, Andy, very quickly. Uh, the retirement savings vehicle category, the way your funds are distributed across asset classes. Well, some people would use the word diversification. All right. That uh, concludes uh, half of our financial jeopardy here on uh, uh, Financial Resources Month of the month of October. And uh, all courtesy of uh, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of uh, Dual Financial Strategies. Now, remember, they've got a retirement lifestyle review that can be had at no cost, no obligation for you. All you have to do is give them a call right now to make an appointment to see them anywhere in the Fox Valley at 866-203-7486. That's 866 866- 
203-7486. They're at your service. They're fiduciaries. They have you in mind and you only in mind, and it's never a cookie-cutter approach. It's uh, designed to uh, take you to and through retirement with their consultation with their over two decades of experience. All right, we're going to continue this now, aren't we, in the second segment? We are. Financial Literacy Month is still here. After the break, we continue to put your knowledge to the test with more Financial Jeopardy. Stick around for that segment. And we are back on Financial Jeopardy here. Chuck Caton here along with Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. And everybody uh, really did a good job of answering those questions. So uh, let's revisit these categories once again. We had uh, important retirement ages that we went through. Uh, savings vehicles and retirement rules of thumb. So, uh, And then penalties and fees is it. And uh, then uh, let's see, we're going to uh, go to uh, those retirement rules of thumb. I'm going to pick that now as a uh, uh, the topic for this uh, segment of the program with Andy Schooler and Luke Van Abel. We'll start with Andy here for $200. Many consider this age to be the magic number at which folks can retire. Hmm. What do you think? I'm going to go with 65. Okay. Uh, that seems to be a good one. Now, why would you think most people want to quit at 65? I know a lot of people that uh, are my age, and I'm considerably older than that, that still want to work. But So maybe that's not just a hard and cl- uh, a fast age, right, in, the, in today's uh, way of thinking? I would say that it has much more to do with when people can take Medicare. A lot of, a lot of times we're running into people that continue to work most specifically so that they can have health care to get them up to age 65. Um, so a lot of I think there's a lot that coincides at age 65 where you start getting closer to your full retirement age regarding Social Security, which is probably more like 67 now. But um, I think health care has become a much bigger issue in this country at this point in time. And so a lot of people will commit to working till 65 and then once they have health care then they can potentially go do something that they enjoy more um or take more time off and so i think that's that would be the way that i would go with that okay for 400 dollars, luke this rule of thumb in terms of retirement rules of thumb involves withdrawing a specific percentage of retirement funds annually what is it what is the four percent rule all right now the four percent rule you may explain that very quickly and does it apply today so the 4% rule is, you know, if, if you're concerned about, you know, your money not um, outliving or you outliving your money, then historically people could pull 4% of their assets per year for the rest of their life and not run out of money. However, today um, that rule was put in place many, many years ago or that, you know, general thought. And so today we've got to take a closer look at that to make sure that, um with people living even longer than they did before, depending on your allocation, depending on your risk, would all determine whether 4% would still be appropriate or whether it would be a little bit less than that. All right. For $600, Andy, now under the retirement rules of thumb, uh, this simplified formula helps measure how compounded interest impacts your investment over time. Uh, What is the rule of 72? Ooh, the rule of 72. Now, why 72? 
Well, it's a multiplication. It's a factor. Um, so when you are looking at interest, there's a multiplication that you can do to produce your, um, de- essentially your desired rate of return or figure out what that would be or how long it would take for your money to double. So um, that's been around forever as well. And and I think more people have a propensity to come to us specifically with regards to retirement, uh, not necessarily trying to double their money, but trying to make sure that their money doesn't get cut in half with the next financial downturn. So you really have to evaluate what it is that you're looking for with regards to your financial retirement monies and what you're trying to accomplish with that um, as to how you go into retirement, what you're looking to accomplish there. All right. Rules of thumb for $800 in retirement. Uh, Luke, uh, the six. 40 portfolio would be a split among what two classes? What are stocks and bonds would be the traditional ones. All righty. Now, uh, who came up with this uh, 60-40 ratio thing? I don't know who came Is up with it. Is that Warren Buffett rule of 100, take your age, multiply, or uh, subtract it? And that would determine which percentage of 60, you know, 60-40 that you would... Blend out. Yeah, I mean, the the rule of 100 is part of that. Um, I mean, that's I think pretty this has just been like a, also. This has been a historical sort of average for people getting close to retirement that, you know, they would have that blend of asset classes. However, I mean, I think that's pretty outdated, too, because, yeah. you know, now we're just talking about two asset classes, stocks and bonds. But there's <laughs> both have done terrible. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then there's no inverse uh, relationship. No, there anymore, hasn't been right? any inverse relationship <laughs> right. anymore. Yeah. I mean, we can explain that very quickly before we go to the next segment for Andy here for a thousand dollars. But uh, when stocks went up, bonds went down and vice versa. But it doesn't and historically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I think the feds have gotten way too intertwined with what the market's doing or not doing. And yeah. consequently, I think that, you know, what we used to 20 years ago, let's just say prior to 2001, before they started quantitative easing everything and printing obscene amounts of money, um, the the thought process, in my opinion, was, you know, let the market kind of go. And, and those two things should work in direct inverse relationship. And consequently, if, you know, you want to be a more conservative position, most people would move to the bond side. If you want to be more Mach 3 hair on fire, you'd move more to the stock side. But those two things have been lockstep up or down together. And then that's unfortunately created a lot of um, losses for people because people have gotten so used to that mantra that, uh, that's just not happening anymore. I think nothing is nothing works the way that it used to. Yeah. All right. For a thousand dollars, Andy, this formula creates a figure that, uh, when converted into a percentage, can help determine what the appropriate risk exposure is for your age. And I think we touched on this there as a hint. That would be the rule of one hundred again. And there again, I think it's it's fairly outdated considering there's so many new asset classes that you can utilize that may be a much better fit than just going with that sort of age old adage of, you know, minus your age from 100. And that's what you should be as far as risk exposure. All right, let's go to our next category now penalties and fees. So penalties for 200 here. Uh, Luke, if you begin distributions from an IRA, prior to the age of 59 and a half, you would encounter this penalty. What is 10% penalty plus the income taxes? And then here in the state of Wisconsin, we also have a three and a third state penalty for wow. that early withdrawal. Again, really? Three and a third. I just don't understand. Like, who came up with three and a third? <laughs> well, you don't, you're too young, Eddie, to remember 33 and a third LPs then. <laughs> Why was that 33 and a third? I guess the same thing. All right. So, Andy, $400 here, penalties and fees. The amount uh, of time 
that an individual has to roll over their funds from an IRA or a qualified plan before incurring a penalty. A penalty or income tax uh, Mm. would be 60 days. Okay. And... That's an interesting way to, I guess, talk about that because rollovers are generally thought to be from company to company. Um, And so, you know, we try to make sure that most people do not handle their funds in any way because we just don't want it to be confusing. We don't want there to be any mistakes made by the IRS or anything like that. (laughs) Let's keep them out of our lives as much as possible. So going from company to company is the easiest. There's no tax penalties. There's no... uh, Income taxes, there's no penalties if it's just direct from company to company as a rollover. But if you take the money, then you really got to make sure that you have all your documents in order by the end of the year so you can provide that to your tax professional. All right, Luke, for $600 penalties and fees here, by waiting to begin collecting your Social Security benefits, you may gain up to what? What is 8% a year until you turn 70. So that's the 8% delayed retirement credit. Every year you wait. Your payment grows by 8% a year. Unbelievable. All right. So $800, Andy, uh, penalties and fees. If you miss your first mandatory retirement plan withdrawal, you might be subjected to this hefty penalty. Yes. What is 25%, which is new because it used to Mm -hmm. be 50%. Aha, uh-huh. so they're giving you a little break. So if you miss an RMD now, remember we talked about it being starting at the age of 73 now. But of course, there's some people that are not gra- they're grandfathered in at 70 and a half. So we're talking about people who have not reached the age of 73 yet under that new rule. Uh, but they did lower the penalty. All right, $1,000, Luke. Uh, penalties and fees, you can earn up to this amount while receiving Social Security benefits before being penalized. Yes. What is $21,240 before your full retirement age would be the caveat here. So between 62 and full retirement age, you can earn that amount yourself as an individual. Um, And then if you make more than that, they start to penalize your Social Security. All right. So we have uh, reached the end of the program. It's time for Final Jeopardy. These uh, two wonderful individuals, uh, Ms. Schooler and Mr. Van Abel, have tied. So they're both going to be able to answer and compliment each other very quickly on this Final Jeopardy uh, question. All right. But here's the answer. And you got to tell me what the word is. The answer is... For our listeners, the most important four-letter word, and keep it clean, to consider when preparing for retirement is... What is a plan? A plan. All right. <laughs> and what does a that plan... That sounds clean. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll buy that. So what can uh, dual financial strategies do in terms of constructing a plan for our listeners? I think the important thing that people need to realize and what makes us different is as fiduciaries, um, voluntarily as fiduciaries, we desire to make sure that you have the retirement that you deserve. And that is all we do is focus on retirement. So if you have questions, concerns, thoughts, need a second opinion, um, don't understand what your options are, the biggest thing that you can do for yourself is take some time out and start interviewing people to figure out who can help you best, who resonates with you. We talk about a fit all the time being a fit for you having you be a fit for us making sure that at the end of the day um, all of your needs are met that you have the plan that you need to get you and your family and loved ones through your retirement because retirement now can go a long time and you should plan at least 30 years for your retirement so making sure you have someone in your corner that you feel confident with is 
in our opinion, intrinsic to getting you the right plan. All right, and that's why you should give them a call here at Dual Financial Strategies because that's what a fiduciary does. They put you first about your retirement, whether you're in Green Bay, Appleton, anywhere in between in the Fox Valley. You should give them a call for that. No cost, no obligation. Sit down and get that retirement lifestyle review that has been so popular. 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. That's the number to reach Sam or Andy or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies so that they can construct a plan for you in retirement that will be very beneficial for those 25 or 30 years that Andy just talked about that you'll need in retirement. All right, we've got to take a break. What's coming up next? Selecting the right financial advisor is paramount to your financial success. Coming up next, we share the 10 questions you should be prepared to ask a financial professional. You don't want to miss number five, so stay tuned. And we are back here on Your Retirement. Chuck Caton here along with Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, Sam Duell on assignment here at Dual Financial Strategies. Uh, where you get the retirement lifestyle review. And this is going to be a very important segment here because the process of meeting and interviewing potential financial professionals can be a little more challenging. If you haven't tried it out there yet, it might be more challenging than you think, ladies and gentlemen, because in order to make sure you select the right financial advisor, uh, we've uh, compiled a list of questions that uh, Luke and Andy are going to go over that folks should be prepared to ask their financial advisor when they're interviewing one if they uh, don't have one already. So uh, we've covered a lot of retirement planning questions and answers during our little fun uh, two segments, the financial jeopardy that we just uh, did. So with that in mind, we're about to dive into the most critical questions that you should prepare to ask your potential financial advisors. So we're going to start with Luke and start at the beginning. Uh, the most important question when you sit down with a professional from a professional, and I would think that question is, how are you licensed? So you can explain that a little bit, Luke, about why is licensing so important? Licensing is important because legally this um, outlines how and in what capacity that advisor can talk to you. So if you're just meeting with an advisor that is licensed to sell life and health insurance, then pretty much every solution that they're going to offer you is going to be life or an annuity or long-term care. So if you've felt that pressure before, licensing is really important. In addition to holding a life and health insurance license, each of us, each of us three advisors, also hold a Series 65 uh, license, um, which will allow us to provide both investing and financial advice for clients outside of that insurance world. So this could be related to the stock market, the bond market, things of that nature. Um, I myself am also studying for my CFP, which is Certified Financial Planning designation. So I'm just a student right now in class number five, which seems to be dragging on and on. Um, <laughs> but eventually I will be done and then I can sit for the national exam to become essentially what is um, kind of like the CPA, the Certified Public Accountant, is to the accounting world, the CFP, Certified Financial Planning designation nation is to the financial planning world that's kind of that top credential that's out there. I think it's also I think it's also really important to establish who you work for. 
Absolutely. And, and that comes down to if you work for a company before you work for clients, then you are beholden to that company and what that company dictates that you can sell and utilize and sell. So if you're a fiduciary advisor, then you're independent. And I'd like to think that those people that are independent, um, are, taking strides to make sure that they are putting their clients first. Because if you're a, a suitability advisor, which about 90% of the advisors across the nation are, then again, you work for that company, that company pays your paycheck and they can determine what it is, what tools that you utilize as opposed to what is best for your clients. So working with an independent fiduciary advisor gives you a little bit more um, ability to work with your clients and make sure that even, you know, from a perspective of the client side, if the advisor who is a fiduciary is not doing what they are should be doing in your best interest, then you can take them to court versus a suitability advisor cannot be. So it's important that you know and understand who you're working with and, and what their designations are, um, because that is how they're going to work in your best interest. All right. Well, all right, Andy, we're going to ask you these questions now. But people would ask uh, for the first time when they call in and they want to get that retirement lifestyle with you. But uh, when they sit down with you, uh, they probably are not clear at what services you actually provide. And most importantly, and I know some people are a little shy about asking this question, and some people are very bold about it. How do you get paid? How do you make money? Yeah, so what services we provide is based on what our clients need. So we are able to help people through all areas of their retirement. So Lake in our office takes care of Medicare. Um, he has also become an advisor. And the three other advisors, we can all do, be it life and health insurance, be it um, market-based accounts. We can do everything basically that you need. We also have pretty extensive knowledge on how taxes work now. None of us are CPAs, but um, we do think that taxes are a major component to retirement that most advisors are not touching on. Basically, they'll say, oh, I'm not a CPA. You need to go talk to a CPA. And therefore, you kind of get dropped. But the, the taxes are an integral part of your retirement, and we can plan for that. And so that's one of the things that we think is really paramount to putting together a good structured plan is making sure that we have dealt with the tax situation because you all have been wonderful savers. And with that, the tools that were available to you, again, based on our previous um, discussions today, have been with regards to when those accounts started. And so pensions are really not available anymore. And so the brunt of the responsibility has fallen on you in accounts like IRAs or 401ks, 403Bs or 457, which you haven't paid taxes on. So that planning for taxes is really important. Okay. And again, the money part of it is uh, you are fee-based or a lot yep. of people uh, don't know whether you're hourly, flat rate, commission, whatever, right? Yes. So we are fee-based in regards to any monies that we operate on the market-based side is a fee-based. If we are working on the life insurance or annuity side, we are commissioned. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. We have no problem um, telling you how we work for you and how we get paid because obviously at the end of the day, yes, we're going to get paid. However, we just have chosen not to do additional fees or charge for planning fees. That's just not how we operate. Okay, so again, that answers another question of uh, what kind of extra costs, if any, are involved, and uh, it sounds like the answer is uh, nil. All Correct. right. Okay, let's go to uh, Luke now, uh, and this goes for our, uh, maybe the entire firm's uh, philosophy of dual financial strategies. What is your investment philosophy, uh, maybe a prospective client may ask? 
Yeah, we believe in well-diversified um, investment strategies that are customized to the unique needs of each family because we find that no two people come in in the exact same situation with the exact same amount of money looking to do the exact same thing. So um, value and income-based investments are also a priority because we specialize in helping families that are in or near retirement. And this is a unique time in your life. You've moved out of that growth and accumulation phase um, into distributions, income becoming more important. So we want to make sure that we have those allocations, your investments in the proper place for you at all times. Um, so that's that's kind of our overall investment philosophy. All righty. So uh, let's go to the next question here that some may have. And we're talking with uh, Luke Van Abel and Andy Schooler about uh, how to pick a uh, financial professional to help you to and through retirement here at Dual Financial Strategies. And a good question uh, that uh, some of you will ask when you come in for the first time to get your retirement lifestyle review, by the way, at no cost, no obligation, will be... Well, how often, Andy, will you communicate with me, and how does uh, our relationship actually work, client and uh, uh, advisor professionally? That really is an individual deal. So every client is going to have their own sort of needs specific. In general, depending on what tools you use, um, we communicate via email with updates on what's going on market-based-wise every week. So you're going to get some form of email from one of our institutional money managers that is going to talk about what's going on in the market, why they're doing what they're doing. Then on top of that, we have additional communication. Um, Sam will send out videos about things that are going on. We will communicate with you via um, annual reviews or semi-annual reviews, depending on what tools that you're using, if it's market-based, if it's, you know, whatever. If the market's doing something weird, we might send out additional communication. Um, <clears throat> so we find that one of the biggest comp we get is that they do hear from us a lot. This is not sort of a vacuum situation where when the market goes down or gets squishy, then people don't hear from us. In fact, our communication goes up when the market is being challenged because we want our clients to know and understand what's going on and what we're doing for them. Absolutely. We also hold uh, 10 annual client educational events that's mm -hmm. via like a webinar um, i present most of those so that's another touch almost every month uh, that we're providing updates and additional planning considerations um, and then oftentimes when we first meeting with families there might be like a 90-day review mm -hmm. after our first interaction where we're sitting down again and then pre and post retirement reviews are also commonplace yes all right we've got another question here uh, luke what about this one because i know you often work with folks to create a comprehensive plan that incorporates a lot of different things, but a question may come, are you able to handle all areas of my financial plan? Or uh, uh, can you recommend folks with uh, other things like legacy planning or estate planning or tax planning, that type of thing? We can, because we're not, we've mentioned we're not CPAs. We're also not attorneys, so we cannot draft estate planning. Um, however, in my retirement courses, educational courses that I provide, um, we talk all the time on the radio and other platforms about estate planning, and we are a huge advocate for it. Um, so we do have resources for that. We have some resources for tax planning. Uh, that's something that we're involved with, with making some decisions that will affect it. So a lot of times we might be uh, working with that tax professional 
to ensure everything is documented correctly. But from a strategy and preparing standpoint, we're going to be involved with that. Um, income planning, of course, we're playing a pivotal role in that. Managing the investments, absolutely. Um, healthcare. Uh, if we need to refer out to that, um, certainly if we're talking about Medicare um, and like supplements or Advantage plans, we have Lake in the office uh, that can be he's a wealth of knowledge on that topic alone. So we try to keep um, as much as we can in-house, but we want to stay compliant as well. All right. So, uh, Andy, you can wrap it up here very quickly and say, uh, well, to our listeners, you're able to create a comprehensive, holistic written plan for them, can't you? We can. That's something that we take pride in doing for our clients because we feel like you deserve to have a plan that works specifically for you and your loved one and your families. Um, it needs to be tailored to you. And that's all I can say. So many offices we find have, you know, crazy 50, 100 page binders that they send out and it's pretty much boilerplate situation. Um, so again, that comes back to who are you working with? Are you working with an independent fiduciary? Are you working with a suitability advisor? And and not to say that suitabilities are bad because they're not. It's just a difference in what they focus on. Oftentimes it's growth and accumulation for suitability advisors. For us, it is specific to retirement, making sure that you have what you need to get you to and through retirement. All right. So once again, give them a call. It's very simple. If you need some uh, help, uh, with your retirement and you don't know what to do, or maybe you're looking for a second opinion and you may not be completely satisfied with your retirement advisor at this point, get that retirement lifestyle review. And remember, it's at no cost, no obligation. It's completely complimentary at Dual Financial Strategies. And all you have to do is give them a call. It's a toll-free number, 866-203-7486. Don't procrastinate, though. That's the key. 866-203-7486. That's the number. That's 866-203-7486. And remember, it's at no cost, no obligation to you. It's all about your retirement, wherever you're listening to us in the Fox Valley. Well, it's been a great show so far. I hope we haven't jeopardized our careers here with the financial jeopardy in the first two segments. But uh, coming up next is uh, another great segment, right? Yes. When we come back, we'll tackle your questions. That and more right after this. And it's question and answer time now. Uh, the final segment of Dual Financial Strategies. It's called Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, happy to be sitting in once again uh, with Andy Schooler and Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. And remember, if you uh, missed that phone number earlier before the break, it is once again 866 203 7486. And as an added bonus, I uh, want to mention that uh, Sam Duell has uh, in his second printing a wonderful publication that'll help you to and through retirement because it's going to answer a lot of questions for you. What do you want to do with the money? Why uh, do you want to spend such and such on such and such a thing in retirement? Or what do you want to do? It's called Purpose Determines Placement. And uh, the purpose of what you want to do. Uh, is really correlated with the placement of your investments. And that's what they do uh, because they're fiduciaries who have you in mind and you only in mind uh, with a unique plan for you. All right, I guess uh, that being said, uh, Luke and Andy, you're ready to answer some questions, aren't you? That we are. All right, let's start with Luke, who's going to answer Leonard's question from Appleton, Wisconsin. And uh, that question is, I know that open enrollment's coming up in the fall. 
Uh, this is a topic I should be discussing with a financial advisor, isn't it? And if so, what kind of questions uh, are others asking to make sure you're making the right decision? Now, open enrollment, you may explain. We're talking about uh, somebody that's looking, I guess, to get on Medicare and look for a supplement. Yes, there is a time period every year uh, where you're open to enroll in Medicare, um, and that is October 15th to December 7th. Um, so should you be discussing this with your financial advisor? Yes. Also, um, specifically someone who specializes in Medicare, because there are all sorts of different rules, regulations around Medicare and, and plans timing, and different plans. Um, so we have, as we mentioned earlier, Lake in our office. Lake, like the body of water, La Chapelle is his last name. Um, not to be confused with Luke. It is confusing sometimes. Um, but he is our resident expert on Medicare. So if you're getting, if you're getting close to 65, if you're three months before 65 or three months after 65 or you're retiring, this would be a great time to reach out talk to Lake about Medicare. What are some of the questions, Leonard, that you asked? Um, you know, do I need to sign up for Medicare? When do you need to sign up? You know, what do you pay for the different plans? That's a big, a biggie. Well, knowing and understanding like the differences between Medicare supplements and Medicare Advantage yes. is huge. And what limitations that each one of those has. Yeah. What's covered with Medicare and what is not. Prescription plans also are incredibly important. Yep. Those are those are some biggies that you can you can learn in talking with Lake. All right, uh, very uh, comprehensive answer there. So now I'll go to Andy here, who is going to talk to Phyllis in Oshkosh. Who wants to know with a couple of questions here? What can I do, or what should I do with an old four hundred one k retirement account? My former employer stopped contributing to it when I got laid off after the pandemic of twenty twenty. So as of today, my balance is roughly $16,000. Now, will this account continue to grow even if I don't contribute to it? Um, no, it, excuse me. Yes, it will continue to grow probably based on what the market is. But to answer your question, Phyllis, um, pl options that you basically have with that money, you can leave it there. It will do whatever it's invested in with the market. Um, most of the time when people leave their old employers, if they have the option, they can roll it to their new account. If they are working and have a 401k there, you could roll it to an outside IRA, which is what all 401ks, 403bs, and 457s have to have happen at some point in time when you retire. They have to be rolled to an IRA, um, an individual retirement account. And um, all those designations are, are the codes in the IRS code that tells them what type of money it is, how it's been taxed or how it hasn't been taxed. So you have a few options with that money. Um, if it's sort of a fix it and forget it, you know, it doesn't matter to you, then you could leave it there. But most people like to have a little bit more control over it. So whether they take it to an individual IRA outside of that plan or whether they roll it to their current employer, if you are working again, you probably have that option. So you should check into those things. If you have questions, give us a call. We can sit down and go through it with you. I remember that number is 866 Seven four eight six eight six six two zero three seven four eight six. It's all a part of that uh, retirement lifestyle review that is uh, unique to you. Uh, anywhere you're listening to us here between Green Bay and Appleton, they've got offices in both locations, and they service uh, you in the Fox Valley. All right, Luke Floyd in Little Shoot wants to know: as a fifty-seven-year-old, he uh, recently completed a backdoor IRA, but after the fact. So I realized that I accidentally converted. Uh, 
26 cents over the $7,500 limit. Boy, he is a little nervous about that. Should he be? And what can I do about it? Hi, Floyd. A great question. I'm assuming this is a backdoor Roth IRA. Um, what is that for our other listeners? Well, um, essentially, you can contribute so much money to an IRA every year. Many people today want to contribute to that Roth IRA for future tax benefits. But of course, the government in their infinite wisdom and um, wisdom says like, hey, if you make too much money, you cannot contribute to your Roth IRA. So the go around for that is that you can do what's called a backdoor Roth. You can, can like Floyd did, you can contribute to the IRA um, above age 50, $7,500 for the year, and then turn around and right away convert it into a Roth IRA. Now, you doing 26 cents too much, um, most likely you're going to have to amend that or make some corrections to that contribution um, so you can mend your return. You can also fill out a new form 8606 for that contribution to the Roth IRA. And I know this, it sounds like this recently happened, uh, but for other people that might be thinking, oh, maybe I did too much, you do have three years to correct um, an, an over-contribution. So keep that in mind. So you're trying to tell me that just for a lousy quarter, plus a penny, uh, they, they would come after you? I mean, they would not, uh, if you didn't correct it, uh, they would do something to you, maybe give you 50 lashes or something? I don't know. We're talking about the feds. Uh, yeah, we're yeah, talking about the government. <laughs> you can take, I mean, you you can take a chance it. that you're not going to get <laughs> you caught. You won't hear right. about it for seven years. Oh, wait, yeah. they hired 87,000 yeah, employees, right. so we'll yeah. see. I hear you. Well, that's unbelievable. Anyway, Floyd, hang in there, and I guess you're going to have to make amends. You were 26, second, or 26 seconds, 26 cents over the limit. All right, final question comes from uh, Stacy and De Pere, and it's for Andy. And Stacy says, I've got a 401k from a previous employer that I'm considering a rolling over into an IRA so I don't have to have two different big name companies involved in my finances but the problem is I'm down around 12% in the 401k so should I wait to recoup some of these losses or just roll over that 401k now Well that's a fantastic question Stacy this would be something that I would definitely want to sit down with you. I would probably want to look at the options that you have and this is something that we've helped a number of people with that are perhaps too young to work with us or um, haven't yet retired or et cetera, et cetera. Um, we can look at the options that you have in those 401ks and say, is there a possibility that there is a better way to have your money invested? Um, the, it's a really challenging question from a standpoint of, do you take the losses and just cut and run or do you wait it out? That is certainly a crystal ball question because we don't know what's going to happen with the market. Uh, so from a standpoint of, yes, you could, and I could make an argument for either their direction. Um, there's also some tools out there that might be a better fit for you. So it all depends on who you are, what you're looking for, what your risk tolerance is. Um, and that would be something that I would suggest going onto our website to the riskalyze part, which is up in the upper right hand corner. It says, what's your risk number? If you can go in and fill that out, it'll take you less than two minutes to do that. That will give you a better idea of who you are on a scale from one to 99 as far as risk is concerned. And then come in and see us because we could sit down and sort of go through the options that you have um, and take a look and just share and educate with you what's what's available to you. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it has to come from a place of education so that you can make a good 
decision regarding what you need to do. Absolutely. And so that's just one of the services, right, Luke, that dual financial strategies can afford our listeners. Uh, again, uh, a lot of people are going into retirement. They're neophytes uh, about this. They need all the information they can. So that's what dual financial strategies can uh, help them with uh, to and through retirement. You're a, a full service fiduciary firm. We absolutely are, Chuck. Um, education is really important to us. That's why we're on the radio. That's why we're on TV. That's why we teach these classes in person, because we realize that we did not learn this information in school. We did not learn personal finance in college. And most people that hear us that come to those classes, one of the most common comments that we get is, where were you five years ago? Or where were you 10 years ago with this information? So, the best time to do something about this was yesterday. The second best time was today. There are some different rules like with Roth IRAs that the sooner we can get those started, the better. We know you've got questions. We know you've got concerns in listening because we're casting a broad net with this information. But reach out. We will not reach out to you. So the only way that we know that you're out there and looking for help or needing help is if you pick up the phone Give us a call and come in for just a complimentary review. Sit down, have a casual conversation. Nothing is going to be sold to you. I promise none of the four advisors in the office will sell you anything in that first meeting. Let's just have a discussion about where you're at now. What would you like to accomplish in the future? See if we can't help give you some tips. And if there's a mutual fit and if we think we can help you, we'll have a discussion in the future about you becoming a client. But first and foremost, let's focus on you and helping you accomplish what your goals are for your All right, retirement. That, that is very well said, Luke, and that's a comfortable conversation you can have with Sam, Andy, or Luke here at Dual Financial Strategies. And that number is very simple to remember. It's 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486. And it's all about your retirement. You've got to remember, it's all about you, and they're here to help you to and through retirement with the advice and that retirement lifestyle review and just getting to know you at that first meeting, as Luke just mentioned. 866-203-7486 is the number. And with their over 22, 23 years of uh, retirement planning expertise, they can help you. We can guarantee that. It's a... Uh, the Green Bay office, the Appleton office, anywhere you're listening to us in the Fox Valley. Once again, that number, 866-203-7486. Well, it's been a great show. Uh, we hope Sam had fun on the golf course. Oh, he, uh, you know, he's on assignment. I'm sorry. But uh, thank you. And your final thoughts. That's all. We appreciate you listening. Tune in same time um, next week. And we look forward to having you again. Have a great weekend, everyone. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.